Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. This is episode 103. Wow, uh, we're just piling them up now, baby. Um, but I got, a, I got a cool guest today, someone I met kind of a long time ago when I joined Krav, because he owns the place. But we've been recently, uh, we got lunch last week, and now we're doing this pod. I think we're actually becoming friends. Maybe he'll say so on the podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, episode 103, I'm joined today by uh, Eric Hicks. Thank you for having me. I've, I've looked forward to being on the podcast for a while now. So Have you? I have. Really? I really, truly, truly have. Um, yeah, because I think when I signed up for Krav, which was September 2021. Yeah. So we're coming up on almost a year. Yep. Uh, I asked you then initially if you wanted to be on my pod. And then... And then I decided to have Eric Keener on first, who's one of your instructors. Yes. And then at jiu-jitsu, you kind of got mad at me. <laughs> In a playful way, of course. I was hurt. But you were... I, <laughs> I was hurt. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm excited. Um, I, we are becoming friends, and that is... Uh, that's, that, that's an unusual word for me to use, actually. I don't have many friends. I have a lot of acquaintances, uh, a ton of people that I know, not a lot of people that I call friends. Um, so that is interesting for me to say in such a quick period of time huh i'm gonna ask you way more about that what you just said okay but first i have to ask you the question that i ask all of my guests that's the very first question the the theme of jackson talks everybody it's a very important question okay as a as a business owner and a gym owner i'm sure you get asked this all the time by everyone who walks in the gym but i'm asking you in in a serious way so if you take time to answer it maybe you can answer honestly eric on June 17th, 2022, at 1.36 p.m., how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? As a person, as a business owner, all of the above. All of the above. Uh, as, I'll, I'll take business first. Okay. Um, as a business owner, I'm doing well. Um, I know there's a ton of companies around the country, around the world, that are not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they've closed their doors. Um, many brothers and sisters in the Krav, Krav Maga community have closed their doors um so i'm fortunate i'm blessed to say that we are doing well we're doing well we're doing better now than we were prior to the pandemic really yes beautiful blessed wow yeah um i think we have amazing instructors which you have had an opportunity to experience yeah. you know that eight of our instructors soon to be 14 wow. um are, are amazing people, amazing individuals. They care about their students. Um, and I think that shows through in the class. Mm. And so people want to come and be a part of our community. Mm. Uh, they tell their friends, they tell their family members, and um, we are, we're growing. So from that standpoint, I'm blessed to be in a position that we're not worried about closing the doors. We're actually, we've remodeled twice since the pandemic. Incredible. That's a word for it, yes, but we're, we're doing well. Do you feel overwhelmed by it sometimes? Yes. Plain and simple. Um, I, I find myself uh, identifying myself as a coach. I'm a coach. Um, I'm learning to be a businessman. I'm learning to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, and that is a, that's a long road. Mm. Um, I, I, I think it's a journey probably is the best way of saying it. I don't know that you ever fully become an expert at being a entrepreneur because once you master one area of expertise you probably go into another and to another and to another so i'm learning right uh yeah well there's so many 
as an entrepreneur myself, right, there's so many unpredictable things that happen. And even if you feel like you have this like steady pace, like things are going well and you can project future numbers, things still just happen. Yeah. And I think that's why one entrepreneurship is such a cool job, mm -hmm. but it's also can be a 24-7 job. It is, indeed. Uh, and so I think that's, that's hard for us, it's hard for the people that we love. Um, I think it can be, um, but, but overall having something that you're proud of and that is yours, it really is kind of the most fulfilling thing. It is indeed. There, there's no question about that. I, again, I've been a coach for a number of years. Prior to um, being a Krav Maga instructor, I was a personal trainer mm -hmm. and I was a coach there. Um, but my, my passion is helping people regardless of what it is. Um, before that, I was in corporate America for almost 20 years in marketing, um, and it was a job. It was a good job. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed what I did. I enjoyed the people that I worked with. Um, it was good. But at no point in my life, in my career, did I feel like I was ever impacting people's lives, mm -hmm. right? No one, rarely does anyone say, hey, that commercial changed my life, or that product changed my life, unless it's something medical. Um, in this job, in this field that I'm in now, I touch people's lives on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, five years later, someone, someone may come back to me and say, the technique that you showed me saved my life or saved me from, from serious harm. Or on a much smaller scale, it gave me the confidence to go do something that I never would have thought about doing before, um, to leave a bad relationship, um, to ask for a raise, to pursue a career that they didn't think that they were capable of doing. Um, and so this job, this, this passion that I have, really touches people. Um, we've been in the same location for 13 years. I have been in the general area within five miles for all 18 years that I've owned the business. So when I go to Tom Thumb or Home Depot or wherever it may happen to be, I see students from literally 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it is an amazing feeling that they stop me in the store and they hug me. No one hugs their marketing representative. <laughs> no one hugs their, you know, um, their, their, their salesperson in another company. And for me, that's, that's great. And I think some of the best, not only endorsement, but the, the feelings that feel the best, is that I'll see a, a, a parent who was a student 15 years ago who now trusts me enough with their own children to send them back. And so it's one thing that they trust me with their safety, and their self-defense, but when you entrust someone with the care of your own child, it's very that that's a very big deal. So yes, I'm I'm doing well. The, the business is doing well. Well, I'll get to the personal side of that question in a second, but I think people can have three things, right? They can have a job, a career, a calling. Do mm. um, you think this is your calling? Without question, uh, the coaching aspect is definitely my calling. Coaching. Just pure, like, being with someone, helping them get to where they want to get or helping them see something within themselves they wouldn't be able to see. A hundred percent. I connect with that very and much. And so, today, it's Krav Maga. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, that may be something else. Um, my business... Today, it's this podcast. Well, today, it's this podcast. And hopefully, this podcast will inspire someone else to go do something that they didn't think that they were capable of. And then coming soon, the Krav Maga Dallas podcast. Yes. Perhaps. Your weekly tip. My weekly tip. So uh -huh. my... Anyways, my, off track. No, no. <laughs> at, at some point, my business coach will probably see this and say, I'll t I told you so. Wait, can... 
you said it's very interesting that you as a coach also have a coach. Oh, for sure. I talk about this a lot. I, I don't think that you can grow as a person in whatever field that is, um, professionally or personally, without having someone coach you. Mm. And it doesn't have to be someone who is necessarily older. So, for example, um, I turn 55 next week. Next, no, in two weeks. Two, two Mondays. June right. birthday. Yeah, 27th. You, I turn 55. You look great. Thank you. Uh, my business coach is 40. Okay? So he's 15 years younger than me, but it's another set of eyes on the outside who helps you see things from a different perspective, mm -hmm. um, who gives you that little nudge to push you outside of your comfort zone yeah. um, that you otherwise wouldn't go yourself. And so, yes, having a coach I think is extremely important. And one of the things that he tells me is find something that you're passionate about and go expand that. And so... He's also a Krav Maga school owner. Oh, he is? Yeah, uh, in New Jersey. Is that why you decided for him to be your coach? I didn't decide for him to be my coach. Oh. It, it kind of evolved. Uh, we were doing a law enforcement certification. We, we train um, local law enforcement officers, and so we were getting certified to do that. And just out of conversation, um, you're drawn to people who have a like-minded spirit yep and so I had never met him before in my life um, I spent five days with him in California and then we developed um, a relationship we talked via phone text and over the next three or four months um, I realized I was spending a lot of time talking to this guy mm -hmm. and uh, he would give me tips on how he was handling his business I told him how I was handling mine and over the course of a couple of months we realized that the old saying iron sharpens iron yep he told me about a passion or a dream of his, which was to coach other entrepreneurs. I was his first client. Oh, I was his very first client. Beautiful. Yeah, and so now I think he has seven or eight uh, all around the country. He's in New Jersey. I'm in Dallas. He has one in, two in Wisconsin, one in Georgia, one in California. So, um, yeah, I was his first, first client. All right, circle back to what you were saying yeah. about widening the scope. Um, yeah, about coaching. So, again, as, as a coach, we coach people to, to protect themselves, to get in better shape, to become the best version of themselves. Yes. But that's typically from a physical standpoint, mm -hmm. not necessarily from a mental standpoint. And um, my coach pushes me business-wise for sure, but on a personal level, about reading. Um, pr prior to... Um, Working with him, I read, but I read for pleasure. I would read novels, Tom Clancy, things like that. And now I read to better myself as a person, to become a better husband, to become a better father. And as a result of that, I think the trickle-down effect is you become a better coach mm -hmm. because it helps you to empathize with people um, that you're coaching. And so expanding that 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 venue of, yeah, the, the umbrella is coach, but what are you coaching? And the reality is you're coaching people. It doesn't necessarily have to be Krav Maga. It doesn't have to be nutrition or weightlifting. It could be anything. I truly believe that I could help someone become a better father or a better husband. I'm both a father and a husband. Could I help someone become a better brother? Probably. I'm a brother. Um, and so that's probably my next venture is to coach other entrepreneurs. And it's not just to help them become better in business, but it's to help them become better people yeah yeah I, I have a coaching business and uh, 
it's very fulfilling. Yeah. I think one of my key things is like you're you're basically giving people permission to go after what they want. Like, because some people just need that, right? Because no one's given them that to them, or they feel like they don't deserve to go after it, or they feel like whatever they feel like, right? It's not that they don't know necessarily what to do. Um, they may need some finer details tuned out, right? How to optimize some things, how to sure. smash some limiting beliefs, whatever, whatever, those basic things. But you're really saying, hey, you can do this. Like, I'm giving you the permission that you should already have given yourself, but now you see it from me, I'm giving it to you, and let's go get after it together. Yes. Um, and, I, and then you're just you're slowly closing that gap between who they started as and who you know they're capable of being and then the gap is being closed little by little and then they're showing up more consistently as the best version of themselves. 100%. And that's all you're doing. But you said something and, and I'll relate it to myself. Mm. It, it's about doing it together. If you said, listen, uh, I need you to go run 100 miles. No one willingly runs 100 miles. But if you said, I'm going to go run 100 miles, would you go with me? Well, it makes it easier because it's, the burden is shared. And knowing that failure is going to come, no one likes to fail, but it feels less scary if you're doing it with someone there with you. Right. Right. And so giving that person permission, as you said, the permission isn't required. It's just the feeling that, hey, listen, you, you're not a, you're not in this alone. Yep. Um, and that has been very freeing. Um, I have made more mistakes in the last three years since I've had a business coach. Um, and again, if he sees this, he's going to laugh. I tell him every time he tells me to do something, and I reluctantly postpone it. I never not do it. Uh -huh. I just postpone it. And then once I do it and it works out fine, I get this pancreatic pain because he was right, and I should have done it six months ago or a year ago. Mm. Um, and I tell him every single time, yeah, my pancreas is hurting. And he says, why? Oh, yes. You did something that I told you to do months ago. I said, yes. So it's about... Um, smashing those limiting beliefs that, that I have. Um, I've owned the business for 18 years and I sometimes forget that, right? He reminds me that um, most small businesses fail in the first five years, right? And then the ones that do survive, 80% of those close in the next five years. The fact that I've been open for almost 20 years is fairly impressive. It's fantastic. It's excellent. Uh, okay. It's amazing. I don't okay. know if I have any more words. <laughs> um, I, I don't see it as such. I see it as just putting your head down and, and working hard and then learning from your mistakes. And I think early on, I didn't make a lot of mistakes, but I didn't, all, I didn't take many chances. Mm -hmm. And so the business grew very slowly. Mm -hmm. um, and here in the last three months, or I'm sorry, three years, a lot of risks have been taken. Um, programs have been put in place. They didn't work. We took them away and tried something else. And... Now I'm a lot more comfortable making those types of decisions, knowing that the only way you're going to get better is by putting yourself out there and by exposing yourself to new ideas. And sometimes those new ideas don't work. Um, and it's not the end of the business. And the business has absolutely prospered because of that. So. Well, cheers. Yeah, thank you. Cheers to Krav Maga, Krav Maga Dallas. Thank you to my coach. And your coach. Yeah. Okay, so personal side of the of the uh, initial question um as an entrepreneur you you get this yeah sometimes it's hard to separate eric the businessman and eric the person it is because it, it is a business and my wife at some point will watch this thank you for being so supportive and sharing me with the world yeah i can't wait to meet you <laughs> it is um it's hard 
because while I work a lot, I don't think of it as work. She and everyone else in my life recognizes it as work. But there are days when I'm on my computer or on my phone in particular um, at 10, 11 o'clock at night, sometimes one o'clock in the morning, returning emails, things like that, but I don't see it as work. So the work-life balance for me is a struggle because I don't necessarily see it as work. It's something that I truly enjoy doing. But as a result, I don't spend the quality time or the amount of time that I, do, that I should with the people that are close to me in my life. Mm. Um, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Um, so now when I come home, the phone goes on the charger in a different room so that I'm not tempted to look at it. Yeah. Um, if, it's, if it's near me or by me, um, if you're a, a fan of the um, Lord of the Rings um, trilogies. I've seen the movies. Yes, and the little ring. Yeah. Um, it's the precious. Um, my, my phone is often referred to as the precious. It never leaves my side. Yeah. And so now, because I know that, I'll, I'll leave the phone in the other room. Purposefully, from the time I walk in the door until 10 o'clock at night. And then I'll get back on and start to work. So I'm getting better. So to answer your question, it's a very indirect answer to your question. How am I doing? I'm better. I'm better. I'm better today than I was yesterday. And I was better yesterday than I was last week. Yeah. So it's a process of getting better. Mm. I, I can relate to what you just said, though, a lot. I've had to work on that a lot, specifically once I got into a serious relationship. Mm. Because for the same reason, right? I, I, I value quality time. That's my love language. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do anything, for me, it's to spend quality time with me. Right? What did I do for my birthday? A couple of days ago, I just wanted to hang out with the three people that I love the most. My girlfriend, my mom, and my dad. And we went to dinner. Great. Okay. Uh, my best, 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 best friends in the whole wide world don't live anywhere near me or else I would try to spend time with them. But my best friend is getting married in August, so that's when I'll see them. That's a tangent that maybe wasn't important, but I thought I'd share anyways. Okay. Um, so quality time, that's, that's, um, but I have work that's a very heavy, as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I get home, or if I'm still at home, sometimes I don't leave because I don't have to go anywhere for work. Uh, I just am still on my phone all day. And just like you, I've had to put in some emotional parameters. I've had to put in some boundaries, like the phone is here, my girlfriend is here, you value, you value, you value quality time, be present with her, right? Mm -hmm. You have to give the same amount of love energy that you would to anyone else, especially the people that are there with you. Um, but it's hard because you want to give your heart and soul to those people that might need it or that could walk into your, your place of business mm -hmm. and be a valued member right um or have them have it change their life you don't know which person this life's going to be changed by krav maga Never i don't know what person is going to need me in a time right but I, what, we can't be there for everyone all the time if we're not first there for ourselves and so that's very important at least I, that's what i've learned and so just like you man it's a work in progress every day it's a work um and to your point the the people that mean the most to us are often the ones that get us the least which is unfair mm -hmm. for obvious reasons but also, I know that I can't do what I do without the support of my family. Right. And so I need to put, the, as you said, I have to take time for myself and then I have to give time to my family so that I can continue to do the bigger work, which is giving to other people. Yeah. Um, I, as we were getting prepared for this, I told you off camera that I'm a shy person. Yeah. By nature, I'm a shy person. Most of the people that know me would not agree with that. I was surprised by that. Yeah. My, 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 my comfort zone or the place where I feel the most comfortable is 
not going out and introducing myself to new people. Um, because my business has been in the same area for so long, I know a lot of people. It's rare that my wife and I will go to dinner without me seeing somebody that I know. And again, thank you, Lori, for sharing me with the, the, the population of Plano, Alan, McKinney, whatever. When we're out, we see people that I know almost all the time. But if I had to go up and introduce myself to a, a group of total strangers, that's not my comfort zone, mm. right? So by nature, I'm shy. It's, it's paradoxical. But I get recharged here at the training center or when I go out and I interact with, with people, talking to people and hearing their stories, and then invariably telling them a little bit about me, which helps them feel better. Like, how is this guy shy? He's done Krav Maga for 23 years. He's done this. He's a business owner and he's shy. They relate easily to that because they themselves are shy mm. or they struggle with another feeling. And so me telling them my story helps them feel a little bit more confident about going out and doing the things that they do. So I actually get recharged because I get to see people sometimes in the moment grow a little bit in the 20 or 30 minutes that we're talking because they think, well, if this guy can do it, I, I can do it. So, um, yes, I'm shy, but I get recharged by people. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Was that always the case? Like, or was there a time in your life where you just, you were just actually shy until you found kind of your calling or your people that made you feel a certain way? Um... I'm old, so I, I got to think back a long yeah, time. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is who I've been the, the whole time. Um, I don't necessarily know that I've been shy in the traditional sense of the word shy, yeah. where you don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh, I think I've always had a group of friends that if I'm with them, I'm, I'm comfortable. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable if the topic is something that I know, mm. um, which again is something that I'm working to get better at about making myself vulnerable and saying, Hey, I don't know what that is. Hey, can you tell me more about what you're talking about? Um, but if I'm comfortable with the topic, I'm not shy. If I'm comfortable with the people that I know, then I'm not shy. But I'm working at putting myself in uncomfortable situations yeah. to force me to become better at introducing myself or taking on new challenges that are unknown to me. Mm. Yeah. Better. Yeah, better. Better today. Better today. Ask me tomorrow. Better. Better. I love that answer. Better. Did you think about it beforehand? The word better? Or the, just kind of how you might answer that question? No, because you wouldn't tell me what we're going to talk about. Right. <laughs> now And now I know why. Yeah. I uh, asked you what we're going to talk about. Right. And your answer was you. Uh-huh. And so that gave me some level of angst because I always like to be prepared mm -hmm. um, but again getting better at being okay with the uncomfortable I let it go and we'll see what happens yeah well, well that's what you want it to be right I, well, at least that's the goal of this podcast is, is for it to this conversation to be as organic as the conversation we had last week when we went to lunch sure sure and it, it feels that way right because um, I want to know all of these things about you regardless so I was going to either ask them now on the podcast or I was going to ask you the next time we got food or in the middle of us rolling jujitsu while you're trying to choke me oh that would be interesting which is a hard spot yeah um, no I, I, I get that you want it to be organic for the podcast but 
again, going back to the whole shy thing, yeah. I'd like to be prepared. Yeah. I don't like um, surprises. I always try to have two or three possible solutions to every problem that may present itself. That's just me by nature. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm learning to let go and be a little more um, easygoing. But also some of those things have made you the successful person that you am, though, that you are, though. I, possibly, yes. Because I speak about that a lot with athletes. Like, some athletes are very self-critical and perfectionist, mm. right? But those things combined can get you to a very elite level. Not that healthily. Like, you're going to have Correct. some things that you need to work out and sort out. But they do get you to a certain point. And then once you get to that certain point, you have to kind of sort those things out. You have to kind of be... Uh, an optimizer rather than a perfectionist, right? You have to start speaking to yourself kindly, but also with holding yourself to high standards, right? You can hold yourself to really high standards, but also have warmth for yourself. I think that's how you should coach, and I think that's how you should parent, but I think that's how you should also talk to yourself. And when you get to a certain level as an athlete, a business owner, or whatever, and you become elite, that's when you have to start to kind of rearrange. But if you if you can work if you can work that out at a, at a youth level, sure. Then I mean, then you're really golden, right? The, the, the sky's the then limit. the sky's the limit. You have these really high standards for yourself, but you're not. You know, you're never going to be perfect, but you're striving for excellence. And we fall uh, short of the mark. You're like, that's all right. I'll just get back at it the yeah. next day. I still yeah. love myself. I'm still good. I'm still capable. I'm still proud of myself. But here's where I want to be, and mm -hmm. I'm just boom, boom, boom. And so that's what I think. At least. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, you said that once you reach that level, whether you're a professional athlete or even a um, a business owner. Success sometimes, the old saying is, um, good is the enemy of great, mm -hmm. right? I'm good. I'm, I'm good enough, therefore I don't need to change. And oftentimes I think people fall into that, that trap, that they've been successful enough that they don't look outside of themselves for additional growth. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm trying to get better at that. Um, hence the coach. Yeah. To help me see things from a different perspective to help me get to the next level. Absolutely. And the next level and the next level. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about Krav Maga for a second. Okay. Why Krav Maga? Why for, did you start? Yeah. Just you personally. I did. Uh, I did kung fu for a couple of years, and uh, it was really cool. Can you can you explain what kung fu is? A traditional. Not for me. For people listening. Yeah. Well, listen. I think most people have seen movies where kung fu is. is yeah. Is demonstrated or, or practice, um, it's a really cool art, right? It's thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what attracted me to it in the first place. Had you done martial arts before that? Never. Never, ever, ever. Uh, and You were just a gym athlete kind of guy. Yeah, all, all around athlete, right. going to the gym, and um, we had moved to Dallas for the first time and um, looked at a martial art. And I knew I didn't want to do Taekwondo or karate, and uh, I wanted to do something that everyone else wasn't doing mm. and found Kung Fu. And it just seemed really cool. As a younger person, there was a show on TV called um, Kung Fu, literally. Nice. Dave, David Carradine, for, for those. There's actually a remake of that. I don't know if it's a remake, but there's a show called Kung Fu that just came out on television. I'm gonna have to check it out. You so should. as a young person, I used to watch Kung Fu all the time. And I thought, wait a second, I could learn something that I used to watch on television. I just thought it was cool. And there was a you lot of you know to explain that that <laughs> pathway to me. <laughs> and there was a lot of um, mystical elements to yeah. kung fu, which really, quite honestly, just intrigued me. Yeah. And then I, I again did it for a couple of years, and uh, realized 
this like was, you were consistent for a couple years or it was like an on and off thing? No, I was consistent three times a week. Oh, okay. Um, and realized that this was definitely a martial art, not a applicable self-defense style. Mm. There's a lot of um, systems, regardless of what they are, that the practitioners are good at what they do because of the amount of time that they, that they spend practicing it, right? Um, tai Chi, for example. Yeah. Um, most people think of Tai Chi as a um, stretching and uh, artful movement. I feel, I feel like it's like a, uh, a spiritual meditative movement pattern. It is technically a martial art. Of course, technically, yes. Okay. But no one thinks of Tai Chi as a way to defend themselves against uh, a bat-wielding assailant. Right. Okay. Kung Fu is much the same way in that after almost seven years, I didn't feel capable of defending myself against the bat-wielding assailant. Like any real-world thing that might happen. Correct. Um, it's very choreographed. It's very um, scripted and very artful. Now, my Sifu was an amazing practitioner, but he also did it for 30 years. Right. After 30 years, he could certainly handle himself against someone coming at him with a bat. Yeah. I had, didn't plan on being in it for 30 years. And so now to fast forward to Krav Maga, to your question, most of our students aren't with us for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Our average student is with us for a little over three. That's How, average, three years? Three years. I think that's pretty good retention rate. In any other style, you're not going to be good in three years. In, in three years, you need to call upon the, the, the greatest amount of knowledge that you have because someone's coming at you with a weapon. Yeah. Or there's multiple people in not just your life, but the life of a loved one is on the line. Three years in most martial arts, you're unable to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Okay? And in Krav Maga, that, that is not the case. It's very, it's very efficient, very early. And so after the very first class, uh, you know this, we do jujitsu together. Right. Did you feel good about your jujitsu skill after your first class? No. Without plugging it, did you feel better about yourself and your ability after your first class on Krav Maga? You feel like you can, there's more to, you can do more. You can do more. Maybe you didn't feel good and you didn't feel as an expert, but you felt somewhat more capable yes. after leaving your first class than you did when you came yes, in. Yes, yes. I felt less capable after my first jujitsu class because yeah. then you realize how much you didn't know. Right. So Krav Maga, again, back to your question, it gives you the greatest amount of tools in the shortest period of time for real world application. So in three years, someone who's coming on a regular basis can literally feel semi-confident that they could deter someone from attacking them. Mm -hmm. They may not be able to beat them, but most fights on the street are not the knockdown, drag-out fights that you see on, the, on TV. Right. It's a crime of opportunity. Someone saw you, they thought that you were going to be an easy mark, you put up a fight, they run around the corner because it's just not worth it to, for, for them to fight you. It's just that simple. So for me, Krav Maga was efficient, effective, and Quite honestly, it comes from Israel, and they're just known to be badasses. Right. So there's that. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. Okay, so then you started Krav Maga, and did you just like immediately fall in love with it? I did. L literally, 
the very first class. I signed a four-year contract after I did one class. Literally. So, so you, you found it. I found it. And I knew, I didn't know that I was going to be an instructor or an owner, but I knew that Krav Maga was something that I was going to do for a very long time. It just, it felt right. Um, at that point in your life, were you a personal trainer? Um, ironically enough, I was uh, a marketing. Or were you still in marketing? Yeah, I was a marketing executive for Travelocity. Okay. Right, so I would uh, go to work for eight, ten hours, come home, and then go do Krav Maga. Mm-hmm. And uh, two years after I started Krav Maga, started practicing Krav Maga as a student, I became an instructor. And then two years after that, I bought the school from my school owner. And um, that's when I quit marketing, um, became a personal trainer, and between the two jobs was making a, a living. Mm-hmm. I was surviving. Now you're thriving. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. You forced me to say it. Yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it's important. Give it's, yourself some credit. I'm, I'm not struggling. Okay, great. Not struggling. Good, good. Um, I had the question. It'll come to me. Okay. This is a good pause. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, so then... Uh, you became an instructor, mm-hmm. okay? And now, fast forward all the way to today. Okay. You're the chief instructor here, and you're a third degree black belt? I'm a second, second degree, degree. Second degree black belt in Krav Maga, um, advanced law enforcement um, training instructor, mm-hmm. and I'm working on my third degree black belt. So that, that leads me to the question I mm-hmm. wanted to ask. I think it's very important. Okay. So, what... Because a second-degree black belt is pretty fucking sweet, right? Okay. Takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. A lot of dedication. Yeah. Um, what is mo- what motivates you to want to continue to get your third degree, your fourth degree? I don't know how many degrees there are. There are eight that I know of. Okay. Third is the last belt that you can achieve, that I can go and test and be able to earn that belt. Mm. Anything above that is it's, you're awarded based on your contribution to the system, based on um, what you've given back to, to, to the Krav Maga community. Okay. Um, and again, at 55, um, <laughs> it's hard. Um, the, the first three levels of Krav Maga as an instructor are seven, 10 hour days in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, they're, they're hard on your body. And regardless of what kind of shape you're in, they're going to push you because they're good at coaching. They're going to push you beyond what your comfort zone is, mm-hmm. right? And then um, after that, the, the other levels are uh, four days. But it's still hard training. At 55, I don't relish the idea of going back to L.A. and banging with guys who are 30 years younger than me. Like you guys are going at it. We're, you go at it pretty hard. You're getting after it. Yeah. I, I, I won't say the person's name because he's, he's a buddy of mine and I don't want to embarrass him. He got knocked out on his black belt test. He took a kick to the head. Um, he fell in front of his wife, who was there to watch, and he was unconscious before he hit the ground. The paramedics came and they took him to the hospital. He had so- He's fine. He had soft tissue damage, concussion, um, and they moved the rest of us kind of over to the other side of the room and we continued. Um, so it's not... It's not a beauty contest. It, you're to to be a Krav Maga black belt means that you are you've achieved something that very few people 
in this world will ever achieve. Right. Um, and no offense to the other arts, but you have eight-year-old black belts walking around who are black belts in Taekwondo or karate or whatever the case may be. Um, that, that doesn't happen here. If you are a black belt, you are expected to be able to deal with just about anything that's thrown your way on the streets. Um, so, yes, we're, we're going at it. At, at second degree, the, the knives that are used are real. They're real knives. So you may not die, but injury is possible. Well, You're looking at me crazy. I'm looking at you, uh, yeah, this like intently because I like I'm very into what you're saying it is it, it, it is intent it is or I'm sorry it is intense but it's very rewarding to know that at the end of the day you're one of a handful of people in the country who can say that they are at this level mm -hmm. but for me more than that it's what are you going to do with it mm -hmm. um, you could have someone who's a black belt you you Aaron could get your black belt in Krav Maga. You could, as a student. And if, if that is what you aspire to be, I can award you your black belt here. You don't have to go to Los Angeles. Mm. But then I would ask the question, at that point, you've put in a minimum of five, closer to six years. Right. Right. So you've doubled the average longevity of a student. What are you gonna do with it? Just put the belt on the wall? Yeah. Or are you gonna just walk around and tell people that you're a black belt? For me, being a black belt is important because it's what I do with it. It's so that I can help other people. Uh, the creator of Krav Maga, Amy Lichtenfeld, yeah. his phrase was, so one may walk in peace. He gave Krav Maga to the world so that people may walk in peace. And for me, that's why I do it. So to answer your question, why do I keep pushing? Why do I keep doing it? Because I want to be able to help other people here in the local community walk in peace. Um, and the... The knowledge that I get when I go to LA, I mean, you train with some of the best fighters in the world, some of whom are retired Israeli commandos. And so it is, it's, it's an honor to, to be able to train with them and then bring some of that information back to our students. Do you think if more people knew self-defense that there would be less violence in the world? <laughs> 100%. 100%. And on top of that question, you can answer both. Do you think people are naive about some of the uh, things that could potentially happen to them when they leave the house? Again, 100%. Okay. Um, I think that people would be safer and there would be less violence for two reasons. The people who are defending themselves would feel more confident. Mm -hmm. And when we interview um, prisoners in, in jail... Um, in prison, how did you how did you pick your victims? Uh, invariably, the, the number one quality is how they looked, their mm. confidence level. Mm. It's not gender, it's not size, right? Um, it's not race. It's how they looked. Um, did they look confident? Mm. What what was the look in their eye? Were their shoulder slumps? Were they paying attention? Were they on their phone? Mm. And I think any martial art, but in particular, Krav Maga teaches situational awareness. Um, it helps people become harder to, literally we say, become uh, faster, stronger, harder to kill. It makes people harder to kill. It makes you less of a target. And so from that standpoint, I think the more people that learned self-defense, 
the safer this wor world would be. Um, and to answer your second question, people think because of education and money, that protects them. I live in a neighborhood, the houses are a million dollars. Well, that's awesome. Um, but typically criminals don't break into houses that are in the slums because there's nothing to steal. They're gonna go to the houses that have jewelry or cash or whatever they're looking for. Um, and also I think it lowers people's sense of um, awareness. Um, I drive through the neighborhood all the time and I see people's garage doors up and they're up all the time. How easy it, is it then for a criminal to walk directly into someone's house through the garage? Um, well, they think they live in a nice neighborhood, no one's gonna break in, and that's 100% false. 100%, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're almost out of time. I have a lot more questions I wanna ask you. Maybe you'll have me back for a second. We're definitely gonna have a second. Definitely. Okay. And definitely a part two and a part three. I would love it. And then I'll be your first guest on the Krav Maga Dallas podcast because I was the one who told you that you should do it. Bet. Even though I have zero knowledge of Krav Maga and can't give any tips whatsoever. Today's podcast, today's questioning was less about Krav Maga and more... About life. Yes. That's why I have my one final question. What? I'm circling all the way back to the beginning when you talked about friends. Yes. Why do you... Do you think it's hard for you to make friends or you don't trust people as much, that's why? Or you don't want to let people in or what What do you think is the cause of all of that? I think all, yes to all of the above. But mm -hmm. the, the number one reason is I'm, I'm hard on myself. I'm very critical of myself, but I'm also critical of the people that are in my circle. Mm -hmm. And so to be a friend comes with a, a heavy load. A high standard. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I have, Three friends. Three and a half friends. I'm a half? <laughs> three and a half friends. Let's go! <laughs> Come on! I got three and a half friends. And we did that at the same time. <laughs> see, we are friends. And see, and the reality is, is that it's not because I'm excluding people. Yeah. It's making sure that they're ready for what's going to be asked of them. Friends, a friend to me is someone who pushes themselves just as hard as I push myself mm -hmm. and who will push me hard if you see me slacking, it is your responsibility to tell me that I'm slacking. Mm. A friend doesn't let me slack, and then a year from now, I'm down in the dirt, and I'm, I'm not thriving, I'm not successful, and you're like, well, yeah, I saw you going down. Well, what kind of a friend is that? You catch him on the way down, you dust him off, and you bring him back up. So, yeah, um, I, I am slightly mistrusting, slightly. I'm, I'm skeptical. Okay. Um, hey, Aaron. Yeah. I'm slightly skeptical, right? Yeah. Um, of people's genuineness. Right. Are they doing it because it's a stick? Is it, do they want something or are they genuine? And I don't think you know that after the first time or the second time or maybe even the third time. Yeah. You have to see someone in their natural habitat to know who they really are. Yeah. And that just takes time. But once somebody is a friend. That's it. They're in. There's a bond. Yeah. Is that why you asked me to lunch? To some degree, yeah. I, will, I wanted to know your story. There's much more to it, but... I'm sure. I, I, I wanted to know your story. Yeah. And um, I guess maybe kind of on a closing note, that's, that's yeah. kind of the thing. If I don't ask, well, then we're never going to be friends because I really don't care. I don't, right. I don't want to know. But if the story, if the initial 
opening chapter was enough to make me read chapter two and chapter three, well then who knows how many chapters there are in the book. And for me, that's that's what friendship is about. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll end on that. That's a good. That's a good ending note. Awesome. Um, this was great. Thank you. Thank you. Short conversation, but a good one. A lot of a lot of good nuggets of wisdom in here. Almost to your birthday. There's this this will drop mm, a little bit after your birthday. These this is these are tidbits. Yeah, tidbits of Teasers. wisdom. Teasers. Yeah, yeah. Come back for the part two. But um, thank you everyone for uh, watching or listening, wherever you did watch or listen, whether that be YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Give us a subscribe, like, follow, share with a friend. Come check out Krav Maga Dallas. Uh, but most importantly, take good care of yourselves and others. And lots and lots of love. Until next time, see ya.